Okay, welcome back, Creatures of the Night and Canaanites, as we continue our look back at the rivalry and future alignment of the Brothers of Destruction, Undertaker and Kane. And joining me here, as always, as we take this look back, is my great friend, my brother of destruction in Canada, Canaanite 10. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm well. We're just... Always talking figures. <laughs> right? Or talking about figures, and we always talk endlessly about the Venoms, the we micro Venoms. Always do. The $1,800 micro cactus jack that I'm sure everybody's aware of if they're figure collectors. Ridiculous. Ridiculous amount of money for such a small figure. It's like. Really, I mean, what are people spending their money on nowadays? 1800 bucks. Uh, $80,000 for a PSA 10 Blue Eyes, $500,000 for a PSA 10 Charizard First Edition Shadowless. Like, yeah, it's just collector's market is ridiculous. Although, that Padawar guy that did all the classic superstars and stuff, he still thinks that toys are undervalued, which I sort of agree, especially with how cards have gone. And it's only a matter of time before they catch up, but who oh boy. The, those those kind of statements make me a little nervous for well not as much for me because I have a lot of Kane's rare and old stuff mm -hmm. but Undertaker has a lot more than Kane does and I'm a little worried for you oh don't get me started I know I know I still have to get those Hasbros like the Hail Away the Series 8 red card Ugh, not looking forward to seeing if these prices increase already as much as they already have how much is a Hail Away Oh, at last time I checked, at least $1,500. Wow. Yeah, it's as much as that, uh, right around that Toy Fair 1 of 100 Glow in the Dark Undertaker. It's right around that $1,500 mark. It's ridiculous. The Jack's Classic Glow in the Dark or the, uh, the, the Unmatched Fury? Uh, the Jack's Classic. Last time I checked, I was about, they were asking for almost two grand on that. That's honestly less than I expected. It's still, still a huge chunk of change for like a figure, and it's like, oh. That's it's... where you just like you gotta just put a hundred bucks a paycheck and wait a year. <laughs> off you go. I I don't know which would. Like, what would you rather have? Would you rather have the hundred or the mail away? Oh, uh, I mean, if I was faced with that decision. I don't know. Probably the classics. Probably the classic because it's just you know it's at least a hundred of them, so it's maybe more rare to find down the road. You don't really know how many mailaways they actually created, so there may be a bigger market on those. But that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Or there might be more available and stuff. Yeah. If you ever got one of those one hundred figures, would you? Mail it to get Undertaker signing. No, nope. doing a signing. Mm -mm. I don't want nothing signed. No figures in my collection signed. I don't want nothing to stand out from a different thing. I'm just that kind of. Really? Yeah, I'm just that. I'm just if I don't want anything in my collection signed because it then it it like makes it bigger of a centerpiece than it, than anything else. And I want everything else. I want all the figures to remain neutral. 
you, you can't tell me that a Jack's RA44 was in, he was in 40. RA40 Undertaker is as neutral as a Jack's 100 classic superstars. <laughs> Keeping it all neutral, no signature, maybe signature on something else that I won't have, you know, uh, maybe a duplicate figure, like maybe one of those 30th edition Undertakers from Mattel, maybe one of those have signed, but something I would only have. I see only having one of something, I'd rather have one of something that won't have a signature on it. That's very interesting. Like, I did that Kane mail away last summer. I know I talked to you about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, the stuff I had signed was just more, I picked my favorites out. You know, I I did a a goatee decade of domination Kane because that's like, I'm calling it, that's going to be a future grail, man. Like, it already is super hard to find. I've never seen one in person. No, you won't. You won't see it in person. They're, They're all around Chicago area, Wisconsin, places like that, it seemed, on the north northeast side of the states. At least that's where I tracked a lot of my sold sales. When mm-hmm. I first found them, I stopped tracking them. But I feel, I feel like there's a, a plant there and a shipment went out and spread around that area. Makes sense. I, I feel it all came out of one factory. That's just my personal guess and opinion. I also have a... I sent the Super Stunners came away to get signed because that's one of my favorite figures i just love that figure Mm -hmm. sent it away wanted it signed yeah and that's that's sort of why i think the things i picked i also got a mask signed like one of his plastic masks i think that's kind of cool but i picked the things that are like this is my favorite figure one of my favorite figures i want that signed. that's sort of how i picked it and like if i personally had a one one hundred glow in the dark Undertaker. I would for sure get that thing signed. Ah, see, I would probably pick favorite. Like if I see if something I constitute something a favorite figure, I would have multiples of. Uh, and of course, a one of one hundred is a great figure to have. But of course, if you're making be your favorite, that's my favorite Undertaker figure, man. That's such a sick. I love glow in the dark figures as is, and then. Oh, it's just so sick. That's such a good. And you're only gonna, and I'm only gonna probably get this once, once in a lifetime figure. So it's like, that's So why wouldn't you get it signed? Someday when you have kids, or if you don't have kids, whomever inherits Mm -hmm. your collection will be thanking you because the Undertaker will be long dead (laughs) by then. One of one hundred. I haven't seen any signed. I'm not saying there isn't. I'm sure there is. No, but I want to. There has to be. Under five of them signed. No. Nope. Maybe ten. I don't know. No, nope, I'm just that way. I don't want something I only have one of to be signed. That's so... Like, it would... I don't get that. I've always been <laughs> weird. That is very weird. <laughs> just because, like I said, that you even have one of it, you increase it even more by yeah. having it signed. No. No, no, no. The Undertaker handled the figure <laughs> personally himself. <laughs> His fingerprints are on the figure somewhere. <laughs> His DNA could be on there. He could have had a saliva spit on it. <laughs> he coughed on it, you know? Wow, that's so wild. To yeah. Me. Like, if I ever did... I have a lot of Kane signatures, mostly on trading cards like that are official release. But unofficial things that I have signed, I have the classic Superstars 3-pack, a Kane Undertaker bearer. And the reason I got that is because 
Paul Bear is deceased. And I'm very picky when it comes to multi-packs. If you're going to get a multi-pack sign, you have to have everybody involved in the pack signing. Otherwise, oh, yeah. Easy. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Definitely so, about like, that. Unfortunately, you have classic three packs with Andre the Giant in it. Like, you yeah. Know, you can get Jake and uh, who is the other one in that three pack? I can't Big John, Big John Stud, I think. Oh, you're not getting his signature either. Yeah. But, you know, you, I see some of those with, like, Jake signing it. It's like, ah, uh, like, you can't get the other two. It just, that kind of kills it for me. That's yeah. how I picked up that three-pack. I love Paul Bear, and, like, he passed away, and paint pen autographs were pretty rare. They didn't start coming around till the 2010s, so there's very few Paul Bear paint pen autographs, so that's why I grabbed it. Yeah. But the other things I have signed, I have... An Elite 19 sign by Kane, but I got that for, I don't know, a really good, really cheap deal. And I said, oh, what the heck, that Elite's worth that without the signature. I'll just grab it. I'm trying to think what else I have signed. I know, I, everybody, I know everybody listening is probably, or watching is probably saying, oh, I'm so weird. And, oh, how can you not get that signed? I'm like, nope, sticking by that. Sticking, I just, if it's, a, if it's something I'm only going to have one of in my collection... I want it to be just as plain as everything else that's going to be displayed. Well, I guess you're saving up uh, three grand to buy a couple <laughs> of 101s. I mean, if I ever come across a second one, even, you know, I'm, I'm sure I would get a second one signed. You haven't even come across a first one. I haven't one even come across a first one, so yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think what else. I, the other thing that I have signed, other than official release things... I have a couple interesting things. I got a, a WF New York coaster signed by Kane. I thought that was kind That's of cool. That's interesting. Dirt cheap, and it's I it's like, ah, oh, this is kind of cool. Just like a little sit-on-the-shelf kind of thing. I have a Comic-Con championship collection picture of Kane signed, but I, I also have a nice promo picture of him with the WF title. That was like the one picture. I'm not crazy about signing 8x10s and stuff, honestly. I don't really care about that. I'd rather have a signature, a nice paint signature on a figure or, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. But I, that was the one thing I wanted signed on a picture was him with the title. The WF title, nice signature. Yeah. So I, I got that and that's all I need for signed pictures anyways. Nice. And I'm sure if, so, I, if I ever come across the opportunity to meet The Undertaker again, I would definitely get a duplicate figure I have here signed. A duplicate like what if wow probably that the Mattel 30th edition Undertaker why that one it's just nice it's just a it's a figure centered all around him uh, it's got a nice purple box so a nice purple paint pen on that will really make it just really nice it's because it's a figure just like dedicated to him so it's like a special okay. it's a special collector's Easy. figure of him is that one of your? Is that your favorite figure of him? Um, it's one of my favorite figures, especially the presentation of it. It's definitely one of my favorite ones. But what? What about that Legends? That Target Legends? That's a nice one too to get signed. It'd be one of those two, I think. It'd be one of those. You two. wouldn't get more than one. Uh, depends. Depends how much they. Depends how much the autograph is. Oh, he's he's an expensive autograph. I know so. he is. I, I've been to him twice. I know he's an expensive autograph. I don't know how much the price is different from when I saw him. Where did you meet him? 
Chicago, twice. Like the Comic-Con or something? Yeah, Wizard World in 2015 and a sports... Um, I don't remember this. It's like Sports Authority something in 2019, November of 19. What was he like? Nice. He's awesome. He's a great person to quiet. meet. Quiet, I assume? Yeah, quiet. He's funny. He cracks jokes if you crack jokes with him. Um, I you know, assume just... he didn't... You didn't have that much time to like sit no. and chat with him. No, you have about 20, 30 seconds. Because when he's signing, when he's signing, he's, stuff or when he's signing and talking to you, you know, that's about 20, 30 seconds to get through everything. And I mean, ah, yeah, he, I told him that I've been a fan for so long. You know, I told him about my first memories of him. I collect stuff of him. You know, he's very appreciative that, you know, of, you know, me being a fan and, appreciative of you know my passion to you know collect the stuff for for him and still be able to watch his matches and be a fan of his so yeah that's cool my my one big regret is when i uh was on a show for your listed listeners that don't know i i wrestle secret identity yes yes secret identity is he is Uh, a professional wrestler we will not reveal your secret identity name but you are a professional wrestler I, I was on a show with Nick Foley, and when I was a teenager, a big Foley fan, of mm-hmm. course, right? Yeah. And uh, I remember him on his DVD saying, hey, if you ever meet me on the street, like, tell me what my favorite promo of yours, or tell me what your favorite promo of mine was. And I always wanted to tell him that it's Chris Candido promo. I don't know if it was ECW or Smoky Mountain or where the heck it was. Hmm. But he's talked about Candido will feast on my two fists like they're two big Cheetos. I love that. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even find it online. Like I seriously, it's a hard. It's on his DVD. But I always wanted to tell him, and I never. I forgot when I met him. But I like regret that. I'm like, man, I bet you nobody's ever talked about that promo with him. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious though. That's like when I meet Undertaker, if I ever meet The Undertaker, I would be like, hey, I really like how you, I'm sure everybody's told him how he takes turnbuckles, because he's phenomenal at it, but like, his whip reversals, and like, lots of little things, like, I, I feel like I'd impress him, maybe, I don't know, who knows. Probably will. I'm, I don't know, I hope so. yeah, I don't know what other people, I'm sure they never bring that up, and he likes, I, I know about Undertaker, is he likes to being told different things that he's not already always told. Oh, who, who doesn't, though? That's everybody, let's yeah. be honest. Because like, like, when I told him about the stuff I collect, and I show him like the little... like that, I, I think I told you before, I gave him like little trinkets. Like stuff like that. That really impressed mm-hmm. him. Like that, that really took him back. Like, oh, he's getting something. Like it's, it's something different that he's not already used to. And I told him about... Um, the thing about I became a fan by watching him late at night when I wasn't supposed to hang Austin on a symbol and he was he like taken aback like he may not always hear that memory of course of course like yeah I want to tell him like little things that I notice in the ring that he does and I wanted I also want to tell him that I thought his old school trapped arm tombstone was super cool I love that yeah Uh, he used to have his one arm under Mm -hmm. the guy's shoulder basically for obvious safety reasons yeah but i always hold him like that yeah but anyways now we're on to an inferno match yes yes the reason we are here is not just one but we are giving you another double feature out there 
We started off with the Infernal match on Raw, February 22nd, 1999. Uh, for those of you like me who have Peacock, it is Season 7, Episode 8. Um, Infernal match on Raw, the first Infernal match on Raw, maybe the only Infernal match on Raw, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, it is. There's only one on SmackDown as yep. well. There's one on SmackDown uh, later on in the year. And then, but we are not stopping there. We are going to move forward all the way to August, where we give you SummerSlam 1999 as the unholy alliance of The Undertaker and Big Show battle Kane and X-Pac for the World Tag Team Championships. Uh, so we have two very fun matches here. Um, I know the Infernal match, the ending with that whole visual with Vince and The Undertaker is one of my favorite things from the Ministry of Darkness era. Yeah, that's like your favorite thing ever. You always <laughs> talk about that. And um, the SummerSlam tag match is also a very fun match. Just seeing Undertaker interact with X-Pac, uh, a, a, someone he very rarely interacted with in, beforehand. And um, again, you get the Undertaker and Kane dynamic again uh, with the tag team match. So I am looking forward to this. Are you ready out there? Yeah. Perfect. You are um, on YouTube. And I am on YouTube. I am on the Peacock, queued up at 1 hour, 20 minutes, 25 seconds. We are the main event of Monday Night Raw on February 22nd, 1999. So, 3, 2, 1, play. And as you said, your, your version is... Just like my version here, we are queued up to see Vince McMahon make his entrance. What's he got in his hand? Stack of when, paper. Right, when, when, did, when did The Undertaker dress up like Kane the second time when he was Ministry Undertaker? I believe it is after this. Was that this. before or after this? I believe it is after this. Oh, WF exclusive merchandise at the Home Shopping Network. More yeah. catalog items that we will never find. <laughs> I was just telling you about this off here. I was talking about on uh, this week's now, yeah. on this week's episode of my uh, podcast. I talk about the Home Shopping Network at WrestleMania 15, and here's another glimpse of the Home Shopping Network exclusive merchandise. I hope there wasn't exclusive figures, or if there was, just like Austin and Rob. Oh, hopefully, hopefully that Undertaker came, please. But Vince says, I think he's got his announcing papers, what he's going to be joining commentary with. Is this, so is this after Undertaker? Sorry, I missed that. When Undertaker disguised himself as Kane. No, I think this is before. Okay, I thought so too. Yeah, this is before, because this is just, this is right after Undertaker has threatened Vince with these, the papers. These are those papers. I, I take that back. He just said that. The papers are the ones Undertaker gave to Shane. Um, I think it may have been the week prior. He gave the papers to Shane, like he wants the he wants total control of the WWF. Okay. And I think him dressing up as Kane is right before WrestleMania, maybe a week or two before. Oh really? Yeah. I just remember that's the last time Kane's double sleeve shirt is or suit. Attire, or whatever you want to call it, has was ever used as far as I'm as far as I know. Because Kane had stopped wearing it long, a year before that, maybe not a year, six months. 
And what's odd is I'm surprised Kane does not wear the double sleeve in these Inferno matches. Well, the double sleeve did not exist for the first Inferno match. I know. I'm sure they could have. I'm sure they could have created it. But the whole thing behind the double sleeve was uh, the first blood match, so they covered him up more. Yeah. Because they didn't. He didn't want to bleed, right? Which, of course, it makes more sense, but. Obviously, it just didn't exist for the first Inferno match. It did exist for this one, but he stopped wearing it in late 98, September 98, whenever he had that cell match with Mankind, and that was the last time he wore that double sleeve attire. He ended up ripping the left sleeve on it. Yeah. Which it was repaired when Undertaker wore, because I just watched that video not long ago. Kane is starting to really lean up a little bit here yeah. this is the very start of Kane getting lean and I'm very excited because SummerSlam 99 is Kane at near his leanest probably yes, around that time period yeah he's very lean and thin at SummerSlam I remember that yes and now we get and then the he gets injured and comes back in that infamous comeback in 2000 where he come, comes up with Paul Bear again in the inverted attire and he is just massive <laughs> we need to i think we need to take a look at that kane return one of these days together because i remember that's that's kane's like one of his best moments yeah i really i remember that but i don't remember that like i remember that happening but it's like uh, i keep wanting to watch it but i don't know exactly what day that takes place so let's we should watch that together i think it's and it's here's, after mania because kane i i believe don't Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the injury that he was out for was when he broke his hand. So it was like summertime-ish in 2000. Uh, this must be the, the damn near the end of The Undertaker wearing this attire, speaking of. Yes. I think this is one of the last times he wears this type of attire. He gets his ministry attire shortly. Yeah, this is his, still his 98 WrestleMania 2. 14 attire. Yeah. Kane's still wearing the third mask, too. He gets he gets the Ministry attire in WrestleMania. Oh, is that the debut of it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Kane has his third mask on, and it is very dark in this match now because it's been worn for six months at this point. Oh, the ring thought lit up. I always liked, I always liked this version of Undertaker's attire, this 98 uh, Lord of Darkness. Fits him very well. With the ministry head? Yeah, I like it. I like this, like, mashup. Yeah, it's like gothic. Yeah. I do too. I've always liked this Undertaker attire, but this is, like, very well known Undertaker attire for me. Yeah, I like oh, this. I like the mashup I, of the ministry. The ministry goatee. What was that? I just got an ad. Okay, let us pause, Peacock. Cause usually I'm the one getting oh, the ads. Oh, is Kane punching the Undertaker against the ropes? Whipping him off? Yes. Kane just kicked him up? Yeah. Okay, because there's like a weird cut where it's all of a sudden the lights were dimmed and I thought maybe it skipped something. Yeah, Kane is punching the Undertaker at the ropes here and whipping him on the ropes. And they just power slammed him? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, and now we I got agree. Vince nice Vince looking matchup. at Cole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. This is a nice matchup. But this is also like, 
in my opinion, the iconic Undertaker look for attire-wise. Like, this is... When WWF was at the peak and Undertaker wore this throughout his feuds with Kane and Austin. Oh, yeah. This is... This is... This is iconic Undertaker, Attitude Undertaker. You had to pick one attire to own, would this be it? Although he has different tights on, for sure, because he's got the Taker symbol on it. Yeah, this is like this is like Survivor Series 98, I think, we as we saw last time. He had the, the TX. That on there? Yeah, he had the TX My one. My quality was really bad, I think. Yeah, that was like Survivor Series 98, and I remember Rock Bottom 98, he had like smaller... TXs, like he had like three small X's on his leg. Yeah, he definitely didn't have this one. No, this is like some Survivor. I keep saying Summer Slam Survivor Series, ninety eight. This is um, just another one of Kane's attires at this point. I don't think this is the Imposter Kane attire. Oh, Paul Bearer's over here. Oh yeah, so we get the emergence of Paul Bearer. And he had turned on Kane at that point. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's with the Undertaker, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right, because he turned on Kane way back when. Wow, you look at, like, Kane's been around for literally a year and a half at this point. Yeah, I can't believe he's that. Had, he's had two Infernal matches, a major feud with the Undertaker, joined up with the Undertaker, Paul Bear's been with him, Paul Bear's left him. <laughs> he's won the tag titles twice with Mankind at this point. And the he championship. The title, yeah. Great buckle, look at that. Yeah. Great buckle. I like being here to point these little things out. Too. I love it. I love it. I love when you're here and pointing these little things out. I'm, I'm sure you've noticed them as well, but like that buckle, he just throws himself into them. Makes them more of an impact. And it's just impressive because he jumps from so far away when he does it, like that Mania match. Oh, he just struck Kane with some sort of wrench. I'm not quite there. Undertaker just had the bear. His Vince. Is... Vince has the bear. Yeah, yes, oh, Vince. Oh, he's trying to unmask Kane right now. Vince has the bear. I didn't know Undertaker went after Kane's mask in this match. I forgot about that. I forgot about that too. He had it up a bit. This is very much about Vince McMahon, this match. This match is just secondary to the storyline, clearly. Yeah. It is secondary because, you, you know, the, it's focusing on you know, Vince and the company and Undertaker trying to get that power struggle. You know, this is just, this is just like a, I don't know. Undertaker just got tossed out of the ring and I, I, I see the red from them. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. Undertaker moved it out of the way at one point. Whoa, Kane almost slipped there. Into the announce table. Am I a little ahead of you? I have Kane on the top turnbuckle. Yeah, and then he hit. He oh yeah. The rope, it looked like. Yeah, he. Could, well, yeah, the the flames are probably making everything slippery. <laughs> That's very true. I got Vince crying with the teddy bear now. Look how dark Kane's mask is here. Yeah, very dark. Well, it's just wearing. It gets stained and whatever. That's what happened to all of them. 
the Kane history and more actually on Instagram has some posts you'll have to dig for them but showing like the mask when it was new and then the mask when it was worn out like his inverted mask his first one mm -hmm. when it was fresh obviously the red was very pop oh yeah and he, he wore it for a long time even when he was wearing the singlet he wore that mask and that mask was almost completely black at the end wow it was actually really cool <laughs> i wow. like when his masks get kind of weathered and worn i think they look more menacing Oh yeah. There's that last second reverse. I love those. Like Ran, Oh yeah, right into the steps. These inferno matches they all the inferno matches always end on the outside of the ring. They need I guess they need to get out of there to get catch the breath and everything. Well, and for the finish, you can't really As we see right now, the finish, Kane's foot's on fire. Yeah. They can't really, um, I'm very curious, I wasn't paying that much attention. Did Kane get near the apron at any point where they could put something on his foot? I don't think he did, unless they were doing that to him after he, uh, hit the announce table. He had the whole group of referees over him. Oh, did he? Yeah, he had a whole group of referees oh. and Gerald Briscoe admonishing The Undertaker. I doubt he would... But as we see here, one of the most lasting images is Undertaker burning the beer of Stephanie McMahon and tossing it up the ramp. It's so lasting now that they made a trading card of this just recently in the newest trading card set. A pack of um, Undertaker famous moments on tombstones. And this oh, is really? this is one of the ones they pick, one of these moments that undertake. Oh, one, two, so yeah. cool. Vince Vince McMahon kneels before the darkness, I think it's called. But that is very cool. That ends um, this. I look back at this Monday Night Raw episode of the uh, Inferno match. So before yeah, we get, sorry, I'm just gonna add in here. You're absolutely right because there is a man when Kane hits the announce table. There mm -hmm. is a guy that gets up and has like a bag. There you go. He goes around and he's going to Kane's feet and then it cuts to the uh, Vince McMahon holding the bear so you don't see it. There's totally, he's putting something on it. I had point. a feeling if there was any time at any point, that was it. And that was it because it was just like a random guy in a WWF shirt. <laughs> <laughs> a random guy in a WWF shirt. I, I, well, obviously a fire guy, right? Like I have no idea who it was. So. Well, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that's how. And he went to Kane's feet. Like, you could see him go past Kane's head. And he went down to his feet. And then it cut away to Vince. So that's 100% where that happened. Good. Yeah. Good eye there on you, because I wasn't Thank thinking you. enough to pay attention. Thank you. Thank you. So, before we get started on SummerSlam 1999, what, is, was your, what did you feel about this Inferno match? What was your takeaways? Did you like it? Did you not like it? That was like the most basic match. How many bumps did everybody take? I mean, like, doesn't hold the candle three. to the doesn't hold the candle to their first one. I mean, the first no. the first one is iconic and it's classic. It's one of my favorite matches. None of, of the four Inferno matches that have ever happened holding candles to the first one. Yeah. Although the MVP one's not bad. Yeah, and if you know, spoiler alert. Uh, I think the I. Uh, for all those listening out there, before next week's 
video drops. Of course, episode, you know, my my second favorite match that's going to be on my top five list is going to be the Inferno match. I just love watching that one back. It's everything that they do in that match. I think I think I like the Inferno match more than the WrestleMania match. Just wow, that, just that's wild. Like for me, I like Mania just because all, all all the imagery and you know Undertaker attacking Paul Bearer with those musical instruments is hilarious. <laughs> just that that so just fun. just that little you know cutaway instead of Undertaker focusing all our ways on Kane, you know he focuses on tension on Paul Bearer and just chasing well, Paul Bearer up. Yeah. Just chasing um, Paul Bearer up the stage and attacking him with musical instruments. You know it's 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 hilarious. I remember I had seen that match when I was younger before I moved and had internet. And then I, after I moved and had internet, I kind of was like bummed about wrestling in a way because Kane had unmasked and he's like losing kind of the Shane and stuff. And I'm like, fuck, like this is weak, right? Oh, he's losing the Shane? Um, uh. I don't know if he lost, but his first major feud after he unmasked was with Shane, right? He had that, I don't think he lost, but he's getting... They did a lot of cool stuff, like they had that last man standing match, and then they had the um, oh yeah the, the ambulance amb- match. yeah and Kane tombstoning Linda. I remember that. That's what started the feud, right? Yeah, that's what started the feud. Kane tombstoning and Linda. The the limo into the side of the semi trailer that was on the Raw intro forever. Yeah, is that? It's also is that? Does Shane get tossed into a pit of fire, or does Kane get tossed into that There's pit like of? A, it's a king. He falls in the dumpster. Of fire that's and they it. Don't recover his body and stuff. And yeah. That was like, looking back, like I kind of like it, but I just hate that. You're. I understand it, but you're building Kane up to be this unstoppable monster, and then the boss's son gives him a lot of trouble. <laughs> like that, just uh, to me. Oh, that I so know. Cool. So, but anyways, I always loved the character of Kane, the unmasked, you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. And when I moved and first got internet, I started downloading old Kane matches, and I'd never seen their WrestleMania match. Okay, that's fair. So I'm watching it when I'm like 13, and mm-hmm. um, a couple things stick out big time is like The Undertaker doing that dive through the announce table. Oh, that yes. blew my mind when I was a kid, and it's still pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then Kane kicking out of two tombstones, almost three, like. I could not even believe that. That blew me away. I've never seen someone kick out of a tombstone at that time. I yeah. don't think... Has anyone around that... Around 2005, had anyone kicked out of a tombstone? I feel like he... Yes. I believe Hogan did in 91, I oh, think. Oh, yes. I think Hogan kicked out of a tombstone. That makes sense. And then nobody else did until Kane. And then nobody else did probably until what, Sean? Oh my so god. Uh, did, did Edge ever kick out? No. Like I, yes, matches, yes. Didn't, Edge, didn't. Edge did. Edge kicked out of one in 24. Really? That's when the what referee. Like 2008. That's when the referee was running down, and by the time the referee gets out, gets down there, Edge, ready, Edge oh, kicks out. That makes sense, right? That's, yeah. not, that's not a full kick out then. No, it's not a full is, is kick that, out. Is that the next time after Kane, though, that someone kicked out? I'm unsure if Angle kicks out of one in No Way Out. Uh, but what year is that? 2006? 2006. Okay, keep in mind, I watched this uh, WrestleMania match in 2004. 
Yeah, it's so, yeah. JBL doesn't yeah because Undertaker we had quite a few years of Biker Undertaker not doing tombstones as well. Or yeah, very rarely, right? Yeah. So I had never seen anyone kick out, let alone okay, he gives him another, and then he kicks out again. Like mm-hmm. what? He kicked out of two? Yeah. That that like just it's very fan, rare. I was like, holy shit! Yeah. And that like made me love wrestling again. Yeah, and I. I love and in the Inferno match, I love the the suicide dive onto Kane and Vader over those flames. I I oh, just yeah, I, I just love all the interaction with the flames shooting up high with every huge move like the old school when he hits Kane, the flames shoot up. Just the imagery, everything yeah. in that match. Of course, I love the WrestleMania match. I love I love the storytelling and the entrances and the th- the things you mentioned. Him going through the announce table. And um, that su- that suicide dive into the announce table, and Kane kicking out the tombstone, just wearing down the Undertaker. Like like I said, one of my favorite tombstones is the the last tombstone to Kane at WrestleMania. He's like Undertaker is so tired, he just that's the cleanest He he tombstones him, and then Undertaker just regularly covers him. He doesn't do the Undertaker cover. Well, he did it twice and can't kick out, so he has to hook the leg like that's He's just that's, so he's just so exhausted. It, it's just I love it. I love I love WrestleMania match, but I love the Inferno like match. That's little things in wrestling. That's like a nice little touch. Is he's done this twice, it doesn't work, so he has to hook the leg, which is a stronger version of the pin, mm-hmm. and that's what keeps him down. And even so, just barely. Yeah, just barely. I'm not gonna lie, I was a little disappointed at 20 that came and kicked out any, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, where are you at SummerSlam 99? What is the YouTube right version? Before Kane's entrance starts. Okay. So we. This are... one is also on YouTube. And you said the WWE posted that one, correct? Yes, actually. Nice. So I am at season 12, episode one. SummerSlam 1999 on the Peacock channel. Um, Canaanite 10, YouTube. Uh, full match from posted by WWE. Uh, I am queued up at 1 hour 39, 15 seconds. Right where it's uh, the pan of the crowd as Kane's music's about to hit. And I am ready to rock and roll. How about you? Yeah, let's go. Perfect. So we are here at the Unholy Alliance of The Undertaker and Big Show. Fresh off the Ministry of Darkness against Kane and X-Pac, quite the duo, as they, as Undertaker and Big Show look to add their first World Tag Team Championships to their resume. So here we go, play. Now Undertaker is going for his second World Tag Team Championship. If I'm, I was gonna say its first was with Austin, right? Yep. This is the Undertaker and Big Show look to be the first together. Yeah, and this is Kane's first. Also, fun fact: the debut of the inverted attire. Also, yes, Kane is a lot leaner here, but he is not quite at his leanest yet. I, I feel like Kane. I feel like he gets even thinner. On a little yeah. more size again. He is thinner. Don't get me wrong. But he is not at his thinnest. I don't know if that was before or after this when he was at his thinnest. I feel like it was a little before. JR even pointing out Kane's new ring attire. Fun fact about this ring attire. Fun fact. Apparently, 
apparently Kane didn't have any other real, you know, he had the double sleeve attire. Like he got the idea from this attire from uh, WF Attitude, the video game, because they would just palette swap attires when guys didn't have other attires. Oh yeah, yeah. So they would just, you know, Xbox, instead of having red, he'd have blue, yellow, and whatever else, you know, in the N64 games, and Kane didn't have other attires, so they just swapped the colors, and that's where he got the idea for it. Yeah, makes sense. That's what I've heard, anyways. It actually makes perfect sense. I also hate this tag team. Of what? When did Undertaker hit Big Show with a baseball bat? I have a memory of that. Yes, that is the first thing, uh, the first match together against each other. That's the one Undertaker hits under Big Show with a baseball bat. And then is that the, after this? Oh, no, beforehand. That's when Vince, I think that's when Vince was trying to get Undertaker, uh, you know, right, right after WrestleMania. Right after Undertaker wins against Big Boss Man, he tries to get Big Show to end Undertaker for trying to get the company or some bullshit like that. Okay, and then Big Show decides to tag with a man that hit him in the head with a baseball bat. Yeah, and then the week after, Big Show chokeslams the Undertaker to the ring. Oh, uh, that's okay. That's yeah. pretty iconic. Yeah, he chokeslams him throughout the, through the ring, and then um, the tag team, it just, it the tag team forms really weirdly. I remember it forms like around fully loaded a month before this. It's like, uh, Kane is fighting against Big Show, but it's like X-Pac is saving, is on the side of Kane, and Undertaker doesn't want Kane to go back to X-Pac because he wants Kane to stay a monster and not become yeah, more and human. Yeah, humanizing him. I knew that. So that Big Show is fighting against Kane, so Undertaker, at the end of the match, comes out and beats up Kane for going towards X-Pac. Then X-Pac comes and beats up Undertaker, and then Big Show beats up X-Pac. And then, so, like, Undertaker and Big Show are working together against these two, and so it's like they decide to form this tag team. Alright, uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Kane's thinnest era, <laughs> his leanest, was actually before this, a little before, and he started putting size back on. He is still definitely leaner than he was, but he is not as lean in his leanest in this match. Mm-hmm. His leanest was probably about five months prior, three months prior, because this is August. Yeah, it was probably around June he was very lean. When The Undertaker was beating up X-Pac and stuff, Kane was very, very lean at that point. Yeah, and you can see Undertaker's cutting weight now more here too, because in like the middle of the ministry, he was putting on a lot of weight. So Undertaker's... I remember also when The Undertaker first came back, everybody complained that he was fat, apparently. <laughs> yeah, okay biker undertaker but i yeah i never really saw it that much either yeah i never either did i never did either but i remember like the fully loaded match the first blood match and even the over the edge match against austin you can see undertaker was putting on weight but you can see here he's he's thinning out again oh is he good for him wow the baby face is cheating i know that's your guy right that's that's your guy right there recent years I would say I have an ad coming up um, that being said I remember watching this match when I was a kid one of the few I rented a VHS at the time I believe and watched this match wow and I was upset that Undertaker Big Show won obviously how dare you <laughs> <laughs> Xbox always bumps with his feet planted 
keep an eye out for that. He just did it there on the floor with the Undertaker. I yeah, I, I didn't really see that, but I remember him being like bumping like that. So I, I have to that. I have to keep an eye out on that. I like that spot. Undertaker goes to chokeslam X Pac, and Kane pulls him in the ring. Yeah, that's cool. He's saving his buddy. And little thing you have to watch at the end of the match, you can see Undertaker verbally admonishing the Big Show for stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, so keep an eye out for that at the end of the match, too. Do you, do you know what he says, or do you know, did someone say anything in an interview about that? or? I think it's because Big Show was, he uh, uh, pins X-Pac wrong. He just pins him by putting his foot on X-Pac. Oh. And he should have pinned him better to get the win. Yeah, in my opinion. I was taught that if someone ever... Oh, there's that running DDT. Um, I was taught if someone just pins you with one foot, like, just kick out instantly. Yeah, because I didn't take a... Unless it's purposely booked that way, like a great Kelly or something killing you. Yeah. Because it's insulting to you, right? Yeah, that's what I think Undertaker uh, was admonishing to him, that it's uh, disrespectful. Especially X-Pac at this point in time is very well respected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for his for his wrestling, Big Show's punches are just slaps. <laughs> like Big Show's just punching Kane in the side. And like like Big Show, like Big Show has told numerous times in the interviews that he was so green at this time that Undertaker that he was scared to go in the back after matches because he knew Undertaker would just chew his ass out. For the stuff he was doing I mean, in it's matches. It's so funny because he'd been working for like a few years at this point. Too. I know he just didn't. He, Undertaker, like he said, that he got so much good advice from the Undertaker, and Undertaker was just telling him all this shit to keep keep on it. And he was like, he didn't know what was wrong with him back then. Yeah, like I guarantee WCW was just you're the man. Everybody tell him, and that was it. Yeah, I think that was it. Nobody admonished him, and then Undertaker's the first one to you know chew his ass out. Oh, probably yeah. I really like this Kane attire, this mask and attire combo. I really like it. It's a, it's a fan favorite for sure. Yeah, one I, of my favorites, I would say. Like, in terms of just looks, like it'd probably be mine. But I have like fonder memories of other Kanes, so it's not. But I really, I wow. think, I think, I, I think this is the attire he should have debuted in. I really like the red, the the red top and the red flames on the side. I really like that. Yeah, like they never. I mean, it was never thought of at that time. I know, I know, but that that's a really nice debut look because you know it's more opposite of Undertaker. Yeah, I think like the the debut attire was like the red spikes or the black spikes. The red going up was to signify fire in some way, right? I guess, but I, I like the red flames on the side. That's that 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 pops really more like fire. Yeah, yeah, like came. Fun fact, uh, King had two, he also has a black version of this attire, but this is the first time he's also wearing, well, when he debuted his, this is the meshed out attire that I'm talking about. If you look yeah. closely at the red spikes, it's like got mesh there, it's see-through, and a figure has never been made properly of that. But anyways, that's another story for another day. <laughs> but, oh, double down, yep. Um... Kane always had 
he never had the flame down both legs until he got these attires. He had the flame down one leg. Yeah, and that, yeah. and that crisscross. Yeah, it was this crossbreak. Cause it used to be tied on his left side. Cause how he gets in this attire, you can see it on his left shoulder. There's snaps, and he steps into it, and pulls it up, and snaps it over his shoulder. It opens up on down the side of his neck. Mm -hmm. And then he would tie the side up. But he doesn't tie the side up anymore on this. Because he doesn't really need to. Very nice audience sign there. It says, Paul Bearer is sexy. Which <laughs> <laughs> I never really gave much thought to. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I've ever thought of him as a sexy guy. but Yeah, but somebody in the crowd does. But teach their own. Teach their own, right? Everybody does. Wait, where are you? Everybody does something for somebody. I have Big Show being beat up by Kane on the outside, and Undertaker picking up X Pac in the ring. Huh? Undertaker just threw X Pac out of the ring for me. Oh, and here's Big Show. Oh, and here comes Kane. I think Big Show is pressing X Pac onto the guardrail. Did you see that already? Yeah. Okay, we'll pause it for a bit. I'll tell you when I... Okay, I have Undertaker just rammed X-Pac into the turnbuckle. Big Show just threw X-Pac over the top rope, which was really nice. So I have... Undertaker just picking up X-Pac now. Okay, Undertaker has X-Pac, he has his... He uh, just put X-Pac into the turnbuckle. Turnbuckle's in between X-Pac's legs. I'm not there yet. He's just on the apron. Undertaker just elbowed X-Pac. You're getting there soon. Oh, here it comes. And into the post. There we go. And he just falls to the floor. <sighs> yeah, keep an eye for a bump. Oh, Kane is attacking The Undertaker now. I mean, as he should. Well, he's cheating <laughs> now. <laughs> Kane's not legal. Oh, yeah, Big Show wasn't cheating. Well. And that's not cheating. He's cheating as Big Show headbutts The Undertaker, or uh, Xbox in the nuts. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't. I don't have a good comeback for that. You're right. That step on the chest looks so corny. He like put no weight on. <laughs> oh, how does Bishop wear no knee pads? Another elbow miss. Wow, big surprise. I wanna. I wanna you to see Xbox bump. He doesn't kick his feet out, he just clamps them and fall back. The Undertaker's already screaming at Big Show from the thing. He said, Come on, get on him. He's just so slow. He's in a bear hug, I missed that. Yeah, yeah, he's in a bear hug now. This is X Pac's hometown, and he loses in it, so classic WWF. Yeah. This is why Undertaker's hometown oh, is. This is why Undertaker's also, hometown is always Death that Valley. The camps came out first, too, eh? I'm sorry, what was that? The champs came out first? Yes! The champions did enter first. Oh, Big Show mad now. Oh, I've never liked the Big Show, to be honest with you. Mad Big Show? The only version of the Big Show I liked was when he was ECW champion and he had the open challenges for everybody. He had some good matches then, I thought. Oh, low but blow to Big Show. <laughs> boy, there was just nothing but cheating in this match. <laughs> nothing but cheating. Both, both parties. 
I mean, to be fair, Big Show did low blow X Pac, but. So that's like one of those come up little story there. That makes sense to me. Oh, now, yeah, I remember this. Untake was gonna get it too. Yeah, there it goes. I had a slight ad, so I'm just at a hot tag. Undertaker just grabbed X Pac. Yep, okay. Yeah, Undertaker got it. Where's the ref? He literally watched that and he grimaced. <laughs> yeah, it must. Is this a no DQ match? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> oh my god. He getting a hot tag too? He literally watches that and grimaces. Undertaker's out of the ring. He's just hitting Big Show and Undertaker. Undertaker's at X-Pac. I and, like how Undertaker went out of the ring, actually. I remember he catches X-Pac, yeah. Oh, post. Bronco Buster? I assume. Yeah, uh, Kane got a uh, rope DDT rope, uh, from Undertaker. Kane, forget the fucking tag Xbox, because Xbox had to like, reach and. He had to reach and tag himself in. <laughs> Here it but goes. Here's, here's the pin. Undertaker. Undertaker screaming at him. Big Show just nose told the Bronco Buster. Why does he get up and pin him like that? I don't know. Undertaker pin. Undertaker oh, tags God. himself in. Undertaker's tagged himself in now. He's beating up X Pac. Here, Tombstone. I wonder. Was that supposed to be the finish, I wonder? And... Probably. If he just picks him, yeah. I bet it was. Alright, good for Xbox for kicking out. Yeah, I bet it was. Big Show was probably supposed to pin him regularly and that would have been the finish. I, yeah, I, I bet you that's what was supposed to happen. So I take Big Show a pretty dirty look too, it looks like. Yeah. Glaring at him. Oh, he's swearing at him. I know he is. He. I swear, Von Big Show just said my bad. He yeah. kicked out. He's ripping him. He's ripping Big Show a new one. You can see the F words. Yeah, you can see the F words come out of Undertaker's mouth. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah. Paul Bear is just like, no, okay. I, I, I like the... talking back to him a little bit too, which is like a no-no in wrestling. I like the ending better of Undertaker tombstoning X-Pac. More than Big Show getting the cover. I, I like, like, um, yeah, I, I, I do too, but I, I like how you could tell because that's when Kane was out with Undertaker, that was what was supposed to happen, and then Big Show didn't pin him nice, which I would have done the exact same thing, in which I would have kicked out as well, mm -hmm. and then Undertaker came in, fed Xbox punches, and you can just tell it was like Tombstone, that was it. Yeah, that was it. And yeah, like, you're not kidding, he is... Some of the earlier stuff, I feel like he might have been just whatever, yelling, who knows. But that at the end was, he was definitely a not happy. <laughs> no, no, no. Which so, I don't blame him if that was the finish for Pete's sake, like, come on. 
Yeah. And that's so weird. Big Show does his choke slam and he falls to his knees and then he gets up to pin it. Like yeah. What? Should have been a choke slam and pin him right there. Well, he's already on his knees. He's I know. All over. Ugh, Big Show. So, yeah, not a fan. Never have been, to be honest. Uh, nah. I give or take Big Show, really. I give or take Big Show matches. So same yeah. question. Same question as I posed to you in the last one. How do you feel about this match? Do you like it? Don't like it? How do you, how do you feel about this match? Nothing really happened. Give a, you can give or take it any time. What's that, sir? You can give or take it any time. You're not really looking back on this really fondly. You're not going to really rewatch this. I, I honestly don't look back on it fondly because I'm I was disappointed as a kid that Canine Xbox lost, and I'm still. I don't know. I think Canine Xbox should have won. Ooh, ouch. Well, I mean, they never did beat The Undertaker and Big Show. That's right. The Rock and Sock connection defeats The Undertaker and Big Show. And then um, who wins the... I think The Rock and Sock connection beats them again after The Undertaker and Big Show bury mankind. I think when they defend it again, Rock and Sock beats them again. So, uh, yeah, they never really do. Oh, yeah, but I just think that they should have got one win against that team. Yeah, so... Um, Especially for how hot Kane and X-Pac were. X-Pac's hometown. I, I would have had them win and then maybe lose on Raw or something, but give them the big rub. Like, they never had... Kane and X-Pac never really had a major title defense. True. And they were really hot. True, that is true. Because um, who, who did they lose the first tag titles to? Oh, my God. I don't even know. This is their second reign, I believe. It could be. See, I mean, I don't follow. Didn't really follow how how their reigns were. Um, They're short. That's all I know. With I, I imagine so. If I don't remember really them, I know they beat. I know they beat the athletes for for their first one, and then they beat like a random D'Lo and Owen or something. Hmm. No, that maybe is... not. Well, no, Owen was gone by this point. I can't remember. Um, so, uh, how, how do you feel about the pairing of Undertaker, of uh, X-Pac and Kane? Do you like that pairing? Did you like how, you know, the dynamic? I've always enjoyed it, honestly. And I, I do like the dynamic of, like, a big guy and a small guy because one can do a lot of the stuff, get sympathy, get the put he put, put on him, and get the sympathy for it. And then you have a lot a lot of the sympathy for, especially this match, the uh, the Big Show and Undertaker beating up the Xbox. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't. I mean, not enough happened. True. In a redemption way, in my opinion, like Kane came in, he got the hot tag, and, and that was about it. He didn't really hit anything big. He didn't. Yeah, he I didn't. Don't know, he the didn't. Just pretty like whatever. No big moves were hit. Yeah, he I didn't. I have a little bit more of a fonder memory of the match now because of Big Show getting admonished. <laughs> Honestly. I'm glad I pointed that out to you. And I'm very glad you did as well. But yeah. that being said, I, I never had a fond memory of this match, to be honest, because I was disappointed as a kid that they lost. And like looking back on it, I still think that they should have um, won at some point. Maybe even not. If you didn't have a win here, they, they should have beat. They should have either beat them for the titles or defended it against them once. That's okay. my opinion. But especially all the shit that was happening, like... Undertaker beating on Xbox, 
Paul Bear turning on Cain and like Xbox teaching Cain how to be human and then they vanquish the evil. Like that's the whole point is like the good guy overcomes, right? Yeah. I'm surprised I'm surprised that Rock and Sack connection is the Undertaker's next defense. It's like Okay. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Like it's just and Kane and Xbox were very over at the time, so like I feel like that would have been a good win for them that would have put them even more over. Mm-hmm. But, and I know Undertaker and Big Show are just tagging together so that Undertaker can help Big Show become a better wrestler. That's like the whole story here. Oh, yeah. The whole story is like Undertaker taking Big Show under his wing to teach him to be better. And, you know, that's why this whole thing plays out. You know, Undertaker admonishing the student and just trying to have him be, you know, build into that monster wrestler he could be. But as yeah. we know, you know, Big Show is Big Show. Yeah, but too. Yeah, so uh, quite a, a a great um, sh- um, fun memories for me. You know, watching these back, um, nice double feature. And again, like reiterating what you said, matches don't really uh, pop out at me. You know, nothing really. Um, you know, saying oh, there's the biggest thing of both of these is Undertaker burning the bear at the end of the Inferno match. And um, the admonishing a big show at the end of the SummerSlam match. Like you said, this is like, it's just moments. Not really big, impactful things during the matches. And of course, these are, I like the admonishment. Like, that's just funny. Like, it's not storyline or anything. That's just humorous to me. Mm-hmm. And but obviously, you have a, a little bit of a bigger memory because of the bear, right? That's for you, like... That's yeah, you, so. I I remember I remember watching that as a kid. You know, just being you know, of course, an infernal match to a kid. It's like, oh wow, it's like yeah. this image and everything about it. It's like so different. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the memories I have about this, and that's basically that's it. I I'm looking forward to our next one. Our next one is the, uh, the SmackDown Royal hey. Rumble. And that's really quick. I'm, I'm guessing we can maybe do that SmackDown where The Undertaker walks out and Triple H has to fight Kane on the the other Inferno match. Yeah, guess, sounds good to me. Yeah, we could do a SmackDown double feature next time. I think that sounds like the plan. Sounds good. Awesome. So as we wrap up this uh, look back at this other double feature, I thank you again, Kane and Night 10. For joining me on this journey, I wouldn't ask of anybody else but my Canadian brother of destruction uh, to walk me through and take a look back at all the little things, especially as The Undertaker and Kane are going to be finding themselves uh, hooking up and becoming a tag team before we even know it. So that's going to be fun to rewatch those memories. So as always, Kane and I 10, thank you so much for joining me here. Yeah, yeah, we we got a little bit of a feud before that, but yeah, a little bit of a few, be- but bef- like before we know it, just have our SmackDown double feature, and then '99 is done, and then we walk right into 2000. Yeah, then we got that SummerSlam 2000 man. Yeah, I, I have really fond memories over that feud. Actually, that was like, I do remember some of like the Ministry Undertaker t- tail end mm-hmm. of stuff with X Pop, but then that's like my core memories. It's like 2000. That's the lead up that Kane chokes on in the Undertaker through the ring. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, uh, we'll watch the we'll watch the Kane return with Paul Bearer. 
Um, I think that happens a little before WrestleMania because I think because Undertaker and Kane, Undertaker, Kane is with Paul Bearer at WrestleMania. I remember that WrestleMania yeah, 2000. Okay, so it is before WrestleMania. Never mind. Yeah, so I remember, and so we'll watch the the Kane return. We'll watch the King of the Ring. I think with Undertaker and Kane and Rock uh, fight. We don't watch Undertaker return. At least the return segment. Yep. Gotta watch the return segment for Undertaker being the badass. And then we don't we... gotta watch the whole Iron Man match. Oh, no, no, no. We don't have to watch the whole Iron Man match. Uh, but that could be a, a, a nice little segment of an episode. The return of Kane and the return of The Undertaker before we get into um, the SummerSlam match. Sounds good. Sounds good to me, too. So thank you again for joining me here. And as always, we'll be back. Same Taker time, same Taker channel. Keep on rolling, baby. Till next time. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Collecting Dead Man. Please continue to subscribe and leave us a five-star review where you can. Follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. Check out my Linktree page so you can find the links to all my merchandise stores, where you can find wherever this podcast is available, and where you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the like button and subscribe there as well. Please continue to support this podcast in any way you can. And until next week, Creatures of the Night, keep on rolling.